Welcome to the Experiencing Joy in Jesus Christ podcast. I'm Brother Webb. And I'm Brother Anderson. Excited for today's journey of joy. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. This is week five of the podcast. I'm Brother Webb. I'm with my friend, Brother Rob Anderson. Brother Anderson is also my uh, personal therapist at times. I think we get to visit with each other and help each other out when we're struggling. Thanks for being that for me, Rob. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. (laughs) All right. Uh, It is Friday, October 7th. Uh, We're excited to be with you. Um, Last night's class for me and Wednesday for Brother Anderson is titled Deciphering Between Doctrines, Principles, Policies, teachings, something of that. Did I get that right? That's great. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've, we've spent maybe a little more time talking this morning, um, preparing for this particular podcast than we have in previous weeks. A lot, a lot of um, things talked about in class, a lot of things on our minds as we've considered this topic. And so we're going to maybe approach this week a little bit differently than we have in weeks past. Uh, less reviewing what happened in class and maybe just more sharing some more of our thoughts of what we've been learning and talking about since class happened. Uh, I I've believe that we'll probably bring up some things that happened in class as well. But can we start the scriptures, Brother Anderson? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, let's go. Uh, when, and obviously in a podcast format, nobody's flipping the scriptures while they're listening to us. So we'll just go there ourselves. But I'm going to just read a handful of scriptures real quick and then will you react to them? Here here they are. There's four of them. The first one's John 8, uh, verse 32, and it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ether 4, the end of verse 12. For behold, I am the Father, I am the light, and the life, and the truth of the world. Ephesians 5. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And then finally, Doctrine and Covenants 50, verse 25, And again, verily I say unto you, and I say it, that ye may know the truth, that ye may chase darkness from among you. Where did that, where does that take your mind? So many places. Uh, I love the idea of of light and truth and and being able to chase the darkness away from us uh my my original thought uh comes to this idea of um him being truth you know the name of our podcast is experiencing the joy of jesus christ and uh i think finding truth i think our journey uh to to find truth helps us with that joy of experiencing him uh just a a quick personal thought i remember in high school sitting in ap honors chemistry and just my mind being you know filled and sitting in this chemistry class and feeling the spirit and it's experiencing the joy of uh of intelligence and I think that's him. Uh, uh, I think that's an opportunity to experience him. 
So super fun. Yeah. What, you, what are your, what do you, you think? Maybe the first person I've ever heard talk about experiencing joy in Jesus in a chemistry, chemistry <laughs> class, but I believe that that happened. That that's good. Yeah. My, my mind goes also to general conference uh, last weekend with president Nelson on uh, the very first session of conference on Saturday morning. He, I think it's titled something about truth. Actually it's, yeah, it's called what is true. And there's a paragraph in it where he's telling a story. And then after, as he's telling the story, he says this, some would have us believe that truth is relative, that each person should determine for himself or herself what is true. And then he said, such a belief is but wishful thinking for those who mistakenly think they will not be also accountable to God. And I think the reason that's on my mind is just because I, I hear that a lot. Um, in the church, outside the church, uh, just it feels like maybe a, uh, it's just common language today that you need, you know, you need to find your own truth. You need to uh, do what's best for you, and that becomes true to you. And so when El President Nelson said that, and then this week's discussion, it just has made me kind of reevaluate this word that we use as truth. Thoughts about the uh, evolution of the word truth, I guess. Is that a, a yeah, yeah, that? no, I think that's a great phrase because I think there has been some evolution. Uh, I that first statement from President Nelson, some would have us believe that truth is relative. I think where that word has evolved for us in our day, uh, I wouldn't, I would agree that lots of us say truth is relative, right? Like. Brother Anderson has his truth, and and Brett has his truth, and uh, and I think that that that's come to be commonplace, and um, and we would agree with that. Like, oh wait, that's what they believe to be true, and, sure. and we don't have any questions about that, right? Um, Which I think there's a lot of positive too, right? Yeah, this isn't a bad thing that people are are seeking truth and and. I, I think it becomes tricky, though, when we're talking about truth as far as like teachings in the church, right? When we say, okay, the prophet just said this is an eternal truth. Do I need to make that one of my truths? Is there an eternal truth that's separate from the truth for me? Or does all eternal truth apply to everyone? And, and that's kind of the conversation in class this week is how do we categorize doctrine and the evolution of the word doctrine which basically just in many cases means something someone said yeah. <laughs> at one point this is now yeah. truth or doctrine or teaching and now prophets are all often using the phrase core doctrine or eternal doctrine to help us distinguish between just something that is taught or has been taught in the past and something that is core eternal essential yeah. sorry i'm talking and you're no 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 that, like that's you want to jump in go ahead i do want to jump in uh so that evolution bit you know you kind of shared that we see the brethren qualifying truth with core or eternal uh and i wonder if that has to do with that um evolution of the word truth in our society and how it's used it, we used to say opinion and we rarely hear that anymore. 
Uh, it's evolved to your truth. Hmm. Oh, it's your truth. You know, um, but I love I love the idea and the second part of this quote that you shared. Uh, some would have us believe that truth is relative, that each person should determine for himself or herself what is true. I think we are asked to determine for ourselves what is true. Uh, we are asked to seek, right? Uh, such a belief is but wishful thinking for those who mistakenly think that they will not also be accountable to God. So here's where my thoughts go. From those verses that we started with, if Christ is truth, I think that the danger that President Nelson might be um, warning us against is if we by ourselves determine what is true. We have, you know, and, and this moral relativism offers a, a place to do that. And, and, and also it seems to make it acceptable. I don't have to confer with God. I don't have to experience truth or Jesus uh, in my own determining process. And I think what the warning that President Nelson is giving us is, no, brothers and sisters, do not miss the opportunity to experience Jesus, to experience truth by including him in your search, mm. right? We want you to determine for yourself but we think that he is an important element in that determining counsel with him right uh, hence the scriptures that we started with like i right. am the light right. god will chase darkness mm -hmm. right? he'll help us see through all of the the things going on around us all the influences all the the noises of truth mm -hmm. and show us things as they really are Mm -hmm. and as they really will be. Um, another place to go where our minds, my mind goes with this topic is the new for strength of youth, which I don't know how I've never thought of this before, and it shows my inadequacy and my, my weakness, but when it was said in conference that Jesus is the strength of youth, I'd never never considered that <laughs> like how sad is that that i'd never thought that but that of course right the for strength the strength of youth is jesus it's not them making the right choice it's not them doing this list of things the power the strength is jesus christ and the new material around that is is written in the same vein that we're talking about today it each section is titled and it has an eternal truth it lists one or two eternal truths and then underneath it it has some invitations and some promised blessings so as our listeners and as all of us try to think about okay when we say eternal truth core truth what sorts of things are we talking about here is a as a couple of things in the first strength of youth pamphlet the first one jesus christ can strengthen you period that's mm -hmm. that's the eternal truth listed mm -hmm. The next one is repentance isn't punishment for sin. It is the way the Savior frees us from sin. And then there's some invitations about repenting and rejoicing and doing better. And then the next section, eternal truth, God loves you, period. That's the eternal truth. 
then the second line, second line says, the two greatest of all commandments, Jesus taught her to love God and to love your neighbor. The next eternal truth, all people are your brothers and sisters. And then we get these other things that stem from these eternal truths, some do's and don'ts, some suggested invitations, some application, which in class we would, we would move down to supporting doctrine, uh, policy doctrines, these other things that support these core eternal truths that are unchanging. The fact that God loves me, I am his child, is an eternal truth that drives action, that causes me to do things I otherwise would not do if I didn't have that core truth in my life. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I've, so my thoughts with that is, as you talked about that, and as you referenced, you know, um, what we talked about in class, core doctrines, supported, supportive doctrines, policy doctrines, esoteric doctrines. Um, one of the thoughts that I had is those core doctrines seem to be the ones where that allow us to experience uh, Jesus and truth the most personally, the most uh, influential, uh, have the most inf influence on us, maybe. Um, trying to think of an analogy, um, you know, different types of communication, right? Like there are times where I just need a hug, honey. I just need a hug. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's the, the core doctrine and, and the core experience. Uh, and then we move away and, and supportive doctrines, uh, you know, all the way down to maybe it's just a text or an email. And that's kind of, that's still communication. It's not a hug. Uh, and that's, I still get to experience. There's some experience there, but it's not, not that embrace. And so I wonder if, uh, I, I love that uh, that uh, that idea of um, the more core the doctrine, hopefully the stronger the experience of truth in Jesus is in our life. Thanks. I think these are really important things. And so l let's start moving towards this a little bit. And this probably will take up the rest of our time. But um, it seems like a lot of questions that I have uh, we're starting to take questions from students, uh, questions that are coming in um, are not like core doctrine questions. Like they're not like, how can I really know Jesus is my savior? That's, those aren't many questions that I we deal with that we fill from students. There, there are questions about um, what could be labeled in our structure as esoteric doctrine or even policy and sometimes supportive doctrine um, questions. Do you feel like there is value, wisdom in taking every question and taking it backwards to a core? Like, does that make sense what I'm suggesting? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I can look at a question, about 15 questions I have in front of me. I have probably another list of 15 more of my own. And can I take this question back to a core doctrine somewhere? And how does that help me in my process of seeking truth? Uh, I think that's a great, a great question. And it came up in, in our class. Uh, after class, I had... Uh, an individual that came up and said, hey, 
can we just talk about the semantics of a couple of these things? And I said, yeah. Uh, and I, I do think that there is value in um, connecting some of these, um, uh, you know, questions that maybe aren't core or eternal in nature back to what we do know. Um, how is this connected to an eternal, unchanging, fundamental truth? Uh, but I also think it's, uh, I think it's important to see that connection. But as we also know and see that those connections were okay with the, we know that those core doctrines are uh, unchanging. And there's connections, you know, to a policy, but we know that policy changes. And so we have to allow for the connection to be there, but also to understand that that connection is just a connection. It's not a definition of what the policy is. Yeah. If that, I don't I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And one of the, the key elements of class this week, and one of the reasons I wanted to have this experience with students is it helps me to have some sort of framework when I'm talking about things. You know, when we have questions, when I'm seeking additional knowledge, if I have some sort of pattern or framework to work within, it, that that's how my mind works. And it might not work that way for everybody. Yeah. And, and this isn't, this particular class actually wasn't in the curriculum in the same way that we taught it. And so I... I think it's okay to have a conversation where it's a little messy in this case. And it was definitely an exciting class and it was, it was messy, I, at least from my perspective as, as the one leading it. And to be honest, learning happens that way. Learning is messy. We want to make it pretty sometimes and it's just not. And I, if I could give one quick analogy about it and then I'll, I'll stop, but this analogy is a sports analogy in basketball. Uh, that's where my heart lies, and uh, learning in basketball is a ton of mistakes, right? right? There are turnovers and fouls and dribbling out of bounds, things that you don't want to have happen but are all part of growing and progressing and getting better. In fact, if a player's out there working on their ball handling and they're never making a mistake with the ball, they're not working hard enough. They're not pushing themselves to get better. And learning as we go through these things, as we look at questions, if it's not a little messy, then I don't know that we're necessarily pushing ourselves to get the growth that we really need to, to withstand what's ahead for us in the world. I love that analogy. I love that perspective. Um, I felt, I felt that in in this Wednesday's class as well. And I thought it was super interesting. I left my uh, my Slido poll open uh, uh, so that kids could come back to it. And it was really interesting. The next day, a question was added, um, and the question had to do with uh, how do I increase my desire. Uh, to to find truth, to know him, and and I'm not I can't remember the words exactly, but that was the idea, um, and I felt that like I was so excited to see this group of you know young adults and their excitement and their 
wrestling with these questions and their comments back and forth and even their comments to each other as other things were happening. Uh, and to me, that was a manifestation of their faith and their and the desire that they do have uh, that I want to I want to experience truth. I want to experience the Savior. Uh, and I, I so appreciated that from them. I love it. And that's really what we're trying to do is experience Jesus. And sometimes we experience him in this area where we're unsure and, and struggling to make things fit and to, to seek truth. It's important to, to know the role that scripture plays, the role that current prophets play, uh, repeated teachings of prophets, current church publications, all of these things, how they play in, in where we place things and how often something is said versus something that a general authority may have said a hundred years ago. Um, that's a conversation for another day, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But it, it matters what's being taught and how it's being taught and how frequently it's being taught and who said it and where they said it at and, and all those things. So um, the ongoing conversation, something that's always said in Chapel Hill on a Thursday night is keep talking about this. Keep having these conversations. Um, final words, Brother Anderson? No, I think that's great. Uh, excited for the, the upcoming conversations uh, to be had. Yeah. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll uh, see you next time.